Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! Hey, good morning, Quaybog Church. I'm glad you're able to join us online today. Obviously, due to the weather, we're going to be closed on our in-person meetings, but it doesn't mean we can't still meet online. Thank you for joining us because we're continuing in our series, Control-Alt-Delete. This is our first Sunday of the new year. Now, who's not talking about New Year's resolutions? You know those things that we say we're going to do, the big grand plans we'd love to see happen throughout this year that inevitably fall to the wayside before February even comes. Well, while we're talking about resolutions, the changes we'd like to see happen, we want to talk about what are the changes that happen when we give ourselves to Christ. What is the transformation that we can take hold of that God offers? So today as we dive in, last week we spoke about transformation. We spoke about controlling your mind. Today we're talking about transformation. We're talking about altering your actions. We're going to do things a little bit differently so that we can continue to take hold of the transformation that God offers for us. So as we dive in, we're going to stick with the verse from last week, Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is going to give us insight into how God tells us we can be transformed. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We start here on purpose. When we talk about any sort of transformation that we want to see God do, it has to begin with Him. There's a huge difference between resolutions and transformation. The big difference is a resolution asks, how much can you do? Transformation asks, how much can God do? When I'm looking at the year 2024, this may come as no big surprise. I think I could use to lose a few pounds. And so if I set a resolution, such as eat way more cauliflower, which I've eaten way more cauliflower, do I realistically think that I'm going to be eating cauliflower like it's my job come October? Probably not. I don't think I have the willpower to eat that much cauliflower. However, when we change our goals to being transformed by Christ, we're taking the, the weight off of our own performance and placing it on him who's been faithful already to transform. This whole mindset, it flips it on its head and it gives the power to God to make those changes. Where we're going to go ahead and dive in a little bit deeper is we're going to be talking about what are the actions that give ourselves over to God? How do we make ourselves subject to God so that He can transform us? How can we claim the transformation that He offers? We're going to talk about what is our goal. So, 
You have your resolutions. I'm sure you do. Everyone has some sort of resolution, something that they'd like to see happen in 2024. When we think through these resolutions, oftentimes we begin with the end in mind. If I wanted to lose weight, I would say, I'd like to lose X amount. If you're trying to run a 5K, well, you already know what your goal is. With spiritual disciplines, with transformation, we want to go ahead and have the end in mind first. These disciplines will help us to know God and knowing God leads to transformation. What our final goal would be as we continue to be transformed by Christ, as the Holy Spirit does his work in us, we'll begin to see results based off of Galatians 5. They're often known as the fruit of the Spirit. You may know these, but uh, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I, I know whenever I read through this list, I'm always quick to catch, well, what are the things that I really need help with? Some of these things I'm pretty good with. I'm a pretty peaceful person. I don't really get too angry. I'm pretty relaxed, but I struggle a lot with self-control. I think you can be the same. As I list these off, one of these is going to hit you just a little bit different. It's going to help you to know what your goal is. As I read through these again, notice that you're probably not there yet. I'm not there yet. And again, these are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we could have a lot more of those things, I think we'd be a lot more transformed. Now, the law is not against these things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. When we've given ourselves to Jesus, we've said to him, we're turning away from our sin. We're trying to be more like him. When we repented, when we turned from those sins, we crucified our flesh. Those things that we naturally desire, we said we want to put those things behind us. Now this is a piece of the transformation, but the weight still rests on what the Holy Spirit does. And 25 it finishes with, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Today, what we're talking about is spiritual disciplines. These disciplines help us to know God, and to know God will result in true transformation. I don't think it takes uh, a brave person to say it, but disciplines aren't that fun. When you want to get into physical shape, you wake up early, you create more time so that you can work out, you cut out the foods that you enjoy, and replace them with foods that are beneficial. If you wanted to graduate college, you show up to class every day, you take good notes, you study outside of class, and you continue to apply. If you want to get promoted at your job, you make sure that every single day you're committed to doing the best job possible and being obedient to what you're told to do. None of those things are innately fun. However, they're always valuable. When you look at Hebrews, 
Hebrews 12.11, no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. None of us are going to argue that. We understand that, that it's not something that we're going to be necessarily excited about. If we seem a little bit resistant, it's because we don't really like discipline. It's not something that we look forward to, and yet that's exactly what we need right now. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so when a believer, someone who has already given themselves to Jesus, is being trained and disciplined, the result will be fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Those end goals we had in mind are going to become our new destination. Now, let's go ahead and dive into 1 Corinthians 9. I've hit a lot on the physical exercise dimension. Paul does too. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about this specifically. This is a verse that it comes right out of the, the full chapter of 1 Corinthians 9 that focuses on how to live your faith authentically so it becomes apparent to those that surround you. Well, in this section, he says, don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race, but only one receives the prize. Run in such a way as to win the prize. Of course, Paul's not talking about an actual race. What he's talking about is living a life of authentic faith. You know, this is very active language. The running for the prize, the single-minded focus. An athlete is always gonna have that one end goal in mind. We're fortunate as New Englanders to have a really obvious example in the great Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got those six rings and he didn't get that through goofing around. So that Paul says, now everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Now what if Tom Brady had those six rings, which to him are lifelong achievements. His entire life led to those results. But what if he knew that those rings were valueless? That there's a far greater prize. With the same determination, the TB12 method, the cut out all avocado and never have ice cream for like 20 years, his life was so singularly focused on physical excellence and self-control. What does that look like spiritually? What if we TB12'd our spiritual lives? What if we said it's so important? I want to be so Christ-like. I want to be so transformed by Jesus. That I'm going to have a singular focus, have the self-control for the results that I need. Well, then he says, so I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. When he's pursuing Christ, it's not purposeless. He has a goal in mind and finishes in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself may not be disqualified. Oftentimes when we think of our spiritual lives, we're quick to think about how we're supposed to live in our relationship to God. What are those things that we're doing so that we can be more and more obedient to God and become more like him? But Paul also points that there's the big picture too. 
while our relationship with God is directly impacted by our spiritual disciplines, our relationship with each other is also directly impacted by our spiritual disciplines. When we put ourselves under the submission of what God has told us, when we make sure that we have a focus on an end goal in mind, and we try to pursue those results to be closer to God, that we're gonna see some results that are brand new and those around us will also witness that. They'll see what's happening. They'll see the change and it will be a positive effect to those that surround you. You know, discipline helps us to know God and knowing God transforms us. So I wanna share with you a little bit of information. There's a a leader in um, spiritual disciplines named Don Whitney Don Whitney, I took some of what he's said to help us to understand. Let's get really practical. We understand the goal. Spiritual disciplines are going to help us to know God, and by knowing God, we'll be transformed. What does it look like to be able to do that in real life? So he has a couple of indexes, ways that we can say, okay, well, what is a spiritual discipline? How do we, how do we understand those in certain contexts? The first one he says is spiritual disciplines are both personal and corporate, that they have a place in my life when I'm at home and no one else is around. They also have a place when I'm at church surrounded by my other fellow believers. They're valuable in both. For example, let's talk about prayer. Prayer is a great spiritual discipline. This is something that I need to be doing when I'm at home alone. This is something that me and the Lord will talk throughout the day when no one else is around. But it is also vitally important that when I talk to my brothers and my sisters, that we find time to be able to pray together. Spiritual disciplines are also a big difference. It's not being, it's doing. For example, we list off the fruit of the spirit. Joy is not a fruit of the spirit, is not a spiritual discipline. It is a fruit, it is a result, but it isn't the process. If we're going to continue with the physical analogy, you don't, you don't train to become physical by just being physical. You have purpose. You have to discipline in very specific ways. So when we look at our spiritual disciplines, joy is the result we aim for, not the process to get there. So these are active things, activities that need to begin or continue or change in your life as we want to take hold of the transformation that God has for us. The other one is it's found in the Bible. So I'm gonna, in a second, list off some spiritual disciplines as well as some scripture verses where you can find them. You could argue that there are some others that you can find in scripture, but these are the ones that are really relevant to who we are and where we're at right now. It's important that we make this distinction. So you may have certain ways that you connect with God. You've found that when you're in your garden, that you're able to connect with God in a new way because you're having a nice time, you're in a comfortable atmosphere, you're looking at all the things that he's done, and those are really positive things. However, gardening in itself is not a spiritual discipline. For some playing music, this can be a spiritual discipline. However, simply the art of music in itself isn't going to be a spiritual discipline. That's why we make this distinction. A spiritual discipline can be found in the Bible. Now the last one, is that spiritual disciplines are a means, but they're not the end in themselves. Let's look at it this way. 
In the time of the New Testament writing, when Jesus came, his biggest adversaries were the Pharisees. These were the religious leaders of the day. What the Pharisees had done is they understood what God had said through the Old Testament, or in their time, the only Bible that they had. They understood what he had said, and they said, if, you know, we want to stay within the parameters. We want to be obedient to what God has said, and we want to stay here. So instead of staying within these realms, they created extra rules to go outside of that, so that if you stayed far enough away, you'd never end up in sin. And that's really problematic because what they had done is they had taken spiritual disciplines and done them a lot, but made them the end in themselves. It's important that we make sure that our spiritual disciplines end in knowing God. It gives us the chance to know him and be known by him. So let's talk about what they are. I would say the vast majority of people here listening, the number one thing that you need to do is talk with God. This can be done two ways. First, it can be through reading scripture. Now, reading scripture can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and so I wanna explore that. For first, you can read scripture through opening your Bible, starting at Genesis, and just going through. If you're just starting out, that's not the track I would recommend. If you have not taken the time to sit down and read the Bible, the book I always recommend first is the book of John, and then it goes right into Acts. Right after Acts is Romans. If you read those three books, then you want it to hop around a little bit more, you'll have had enough time to have read through those and understand the basics of your faith. Great starting place. Now, what does reading look like for like the average person? It's gonna be different person to person because here's what we're trying to communicate. Instead of saying, well, you have to read one chapter or you have to read three chapters every day or when you wake up, the first thing you do, it, instead of putting strict parameters on the way that it's supposed to be done, what we wanna begin with is how do you know God through reading scripture? The Holy Spirit was given to us as a gift. When you accept Christ and you come to know him, the Holy Spirit becomes your advocate, lives inside of you. He is able to open our eyes to know God in a brand new way. The primary way that he can communicate with us is through scripture. He wrote down all these books over thousands of years so that we would be able to know what he has said. So when we're looking at how do we do Bible reading, daily is important. Knowing God's word daily is important. For some, especially when you're starting out, find a good cadence, find a pace that works for you. A bad pace is, well, I wanna read the whole Bible as fast as I can, so I'm gonna read for three hours every day, because what's gonna happen is you're gonna do that for one day, get totally burnt out, and then quit. Find a pace that works for you and build up. For some, it's a chapter a day. For others, they aim for a certain time slot. They'll read for 20 minutes, they'll read for 40 minutes, they'll read for an hour. They're gonna have that goal in mind. Now this goes hand in hand with the other primary spiritual discipline. If you do these two, 
you're going to know God better. The second is prayer, where we're talking to God in prayer. We're hearing from him in scripture. We're cultivating a relationship. I often think about human relationships, especially when we think about our connection with God. My wife and I have been married for seven and a half years. And over that time, we've learned to know each other far better. Now, that did not come by accident. Imagine if I told you that our conversations were every single day the same conversation. We constantly talked about the same things over and over. That's big red flags. Everyone knows that would be a really unhealthy relationship. Instead, we also have seasons. Sometimes our kids were insane, work was crazy, I get home late, and sometimes the conversation is, hey, how was your day? But if that's all we ever had, we would never get to know each other better. We would never become more intimate. Instead, we dive in. In other seasons, we have to be intentional and say, I need to get to know you better. I need to ask the questions about how your heart is. I need you to speak into me in ways that I haven't felt comfortable with before. We need to explore conversations that aren't easy, but are rewarding. Well, prayer is the very same way. Screening scripture is the very same way. God isn't just some distant being out there. God is personal and he wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. Because when you know God, you'll be transformed by him. So when we're spending this time getting to know God, when we're investing in the relationship, the goal isn't mere knowledge. The goal is to know him better. In some seasons, it may seem routine. In some seasons, it's going to seem painful to even pray. In some seasons, it's going to seem like the greatest joy in your life because it's a dynamic relationship. Things change. Different seasons come and go. Your life changes. And while your conversations may seem mundane, they're important. They're intimate. And it's you talking to God. I spend a lot of time on these two first and foremost. The reason being is these are the ones that are going to build you up the most. So, Christian, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus and your day-to-day -day doesn't involve scripture or prayer or both, today's the day to begin. These are the spiritual disciplines that you want to focus on. Find ways to make it sustainable. Is it the morning? Maybe you get up first thing and you do this. Or maybe it's not first thing. Maybe you do it at the end of the day. Maybe it's easiest for you to do it during a lunch break. Maybe you have a reliable window that you know will work. Find the time that's going to work for you that you can do it consistently. Consistency is going to be the key. If I was able to give the choice, someone asked me, should I read 100 chapters in one day or one chapter for 100 days? Well, the latter is far better. You're building up a pattern. You're checking in with God all the time. If I had the same opportunity with my wife, 100 hours all at once, and I can't talk to her for the rest of the year, or I get to talk to her for an hour every day, oh, I'd rather take an hour every day. That develops your intimacy and it helps with your relationship with God. Now, there are some other disciplines because I know that there are some people in this room, online, who have already committed these things. 
You're determined to make sure that you know God better by spending time in his word and by praying to him. For those people, the Bible actually fleshes out a couple of other disciplines. In fact, if you're a new believer, these things are still great disciplines. The most important is making sure that you're spending time with God. After that, these ones are also really great. It's important to gather together with fellow brothers and sisters. A couple of examples would be our women's events or men's events. We have our catalyst, even in kids zone, our younger students are connecting with others like them. These are great ways to get connected. We also have fasting. Now, we actually have upcoming on this Wednesday, our fasting and prayer service. This is something we've been doing for a while now, about every four months. As we're talking about spiritual disciplines today, it's important to recognize that we're actually gonna be doing a lot of the spiritual disciplines that night. We're gonna to get together. We're gonna to pray together. We're going to fast. Well, what do these things look like? Well, come find out. If you're not so sure on how to do it, let's do it together. Let's figure it out together. Fasting is taking something and setting it aside as a sacrifice to God. For many, most commonly, it's food. But I work with teenagers, and I would argue that for a teenager to give up their cell phone for 24 hours would be far more painful than giving up food. So maybe that's for you. But what kind of gift would you give to God in your fast? And how would you dedicate that time for prayer? Another spiritual discipline is musical worship. Earlier I talked about how music in itself is not a spiritual discipline. However, musical worship, creative expression of gratitude, those things are valuable. Those are spiritual disciplines. We do that every Sunday on purpose. We do it with intention. We, we sing our songs because it gives us a chance to tell God how great he is. Serving according to your gifts. Believe it or not, if you've given your life to Jesus, he has a special gift that's just for you. Something that you can do that helps out everyone else. When we come to church, we're quick to understand that we come here because we need someone. But we often forget that someone needs us. When you come to church, it's a great thing that you come here because we need you. And this is a spiritual discipline that you can find a way to serve your local body. And then the last one we'll list off is the one that's probably the hardest. If I had to guess, the majority of Christians will be like, all right, I'm good with the list up here, but I don't want this last one. The last one is called evangelism. It is sharing your faith. It's telling others about the Jesus that's transforming you. When I look at my life, Jesus has changed so much about me. Is he done yet? No. Long ways to go. But the work that he's doing, I want to see, to see that happen in the lives of those that I love. So I get an opportunity to tell them. Jesus told us, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey what I have commanded. We need to be doing this together. Because Tim, or Kyle, or any of our deacons, or leaders, they're not going to be the ones making disciples of all nations. However, the church as a whole, if we took seriously this discipline, we'd see those that we love transformed by the truth of Jesus. We see that they could be transformed in the same way that we're being transformed as we're laying hold of what he has for us. So 
I do want to close with a quick recap because this has been a lot of information. But when we look at what, what Jesus has given us, as we understand that there's a promised transformation that comes with knowing him, we want to take the time to determine in ourselves that we're going to alter our actions. We're going to become more like him. Spiritual disciplines are those things that we do so that we can know God better and be transformed by him. The biggest ones are going to be starting with a better prayer life and reading scripture every single day. If we can do those things, we're going to see major changes happen already. Now, we do have the fasting and prayer service this Wednesday, and I invite you to come. This is a big deal because this is a chance for us to practice exactly what we're learning right now. It gives us a chance to know God better by being together and praying to him. Now, I know that in this room online, there are three types of people. So for some, you're hearing this message and you have not made the decision to follow Jesus. You have not uh, made him the savior of your life. And so this transformation, while these things are good things, this transformation begins with giving Jesus everything. From there, these actions, these spiritual disciplines are really, really amazing, life-changing. However, it has to begin with Jesus. He's the one that does the work. And in order for him to do that, while these things are good, they're not the whole thing. The Holy Spirit needs to do the work, and in order to give him the space, you have to give him your everything. Now, the second group, this would be probably the majority of people watching online. We are really good at showing up, at connecting with others, at serving, at showing some of the fruits of the Spirit, but we'll neglect to talk to God, to hear from God. We don't read scripture and we don't pray. This is for sure the number one way that instead of having a resolution that burns out, if you want to have some real life transformation, start here. Read scripture and pray. And then for the last group, for some, these things have been practices you've done for a long time. For some of you, longer than I've been a human. And yet, you still need to be able to go deeper. Are you satisfied with the spiritual disciplines you have? Or do you need to shake things up so that you can know Jesus better? Do you want to dive deeper into some of the other disciplines or change the way that you've been reading scripture or praying? Maybe you've prayed using uh, the same list that you've had for the past decade. Well, maybe find a new way to pray. Or maybe you use the same devotional in a year and you read through it over and over and over. Well, at some point, you need to be able to read scripture for itself. So those are the challenges, the challenges that I'm still facing. I still have to find spiritual disciplines in my own life, but it's a journey we're on together because we all want to see the same transformation. So let me pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for this time that we get to be together. Even though it's online, I pray that you can be with us each, wherever we're at. Keep us safe, but let us be transformed by you. These resolutions, they'll come, they'll fade, they'll pass. But your transformation is forever. And so I pray that we can claim that, that we can make important the disciplines to be more like you. Father, we love you. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Hey, thank you, Quaybog Church. Have a great week.
once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.